And we are back. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Scale Well Podcast. My name is Phil Bean. I'm one of the founders and president at Nudge. And today, before we get started with our interview, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the Medical Fitness Tour, which is starting in 2018. We're going to be actually at the first stop of this event. Um, It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, February 2nd through 4th. We're really excited to go check it out. We're excited to be off the East Coast and in somewhere nice and warm during early February. Um, But also, um, lots of thought leaders in the industry, um, like our very own Chief Science Officer, Dr. Steve Firemilk, are going to be speaking there. So it's going to be a great event. Um, If you're in the area, definitely check it out. If you're not going to be in the area, you probably want to be in Phoenix anyway. So come see us there in February next year. And in this episode, it's really just me talking to my co-founder and CEO, Matt Gamble. How about that? Um, We decided to do an episode by ourselves really because we wanted to talk about um, how to optimize your digital communication with your clients. This year at Nudge, we've been putting a lot of focus on um, developing better ways to message and engage with your clients. So better tools. Um, to allow you to communicate remotely. Uh, The goal for the year, we really set out to make a product that was better than email, better than text message for those coaching communications. So we sat down and we talked about, you know, some of the tools we've developed uh, throughout this year, be it scheduled messaging, scheduled reminders, um, and when using tools like that, that can be a little bit more general communication uh, when those scheduled messages in advance are appropriate. And, you know, when you might not want to do that, when you might want to stick to a more personalized, contextualized um, coaching message, a nudge as we call it. But check this interview out. I hope you enjoy it. Um, And here we go. We'll go straight to it. Me and Matt Gamble talking about messaging. All right. We're sitting here on a Friday. It's just me and my co-founder, Nudge, Matt Gamble. We're hanging out and we're talking about different methods of communication. We've been putting in a lot of work on the platform on our nudge coach platform, uh, really all throughout this year, Mac on different methods of communication, how to engage most effectively with clients and pages, patients remotely. Um, we're really trying to create a new paradigm for digital coaching here. And so we thought maybe today we should talk about why we're doing all this what role do different forms of communication play at different times in, in the client or patient relationships? So that's, I think what we're going to dive into today, but it could really go all over the place because this one's totally unscripted, but Hey Mac, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> going well. This is, I have to start by saying this is maybe the loneliest podcast we've ever done. So I hope we can really hold everyone's attention during this. We're sitting in a dark, sad corner of the dark, office. Sad corner. Yep. So we're, we're going to make it work though. So, I, I'm with you. I think it's we've you know it's something we've all been discussing. I think for a long time. And I think a big question usually comes up that I think we generally internally are talking about is kind of the importance of communication. Um, I think one thing to consider is is all communication the same? Should we do mm-hmm. it all the same, or that you know should we look at different methods of communication as different ways of you know tying to the different ways you should be looking to engage someone based on different scenarios? And I think that's where coming back to the why behind all of this so we can kind of peel back the layers today. That's right. On a podcast, we don't exactly have um, 
anything visual to demonstrate well, with. So we're going to, we have a beautiful yeah. presentation right beside us. Um, some diagrams that would be very useful, but we're going to try to talk our way through it today. So it's going to be great. But um, if you guys want to refer back to episode 23 also of Scale Well, we talked to, or I talked to, um, Matt Essex and Dr. Steve Firemilk, two actual practitioners um, and clinicians who you can you know, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into the, the practical uses of these communication methods, you can dive into that episode. But the reason I bring that up is because we talked about the difference between asynchronous and synchronous communication, um, mainly in terms of healthcare workflows and time savings and stuff like that. But it's also, you know, point, it starts to point to this idea that you're alluding to, Mac, that at some times different types of communication are more appropriate than, than others. And if you start to get into some of the specific things we've been introducing into the platform lately, we get into things like the ability to schedule messages in advance. And again, we're talking about, when we're talking about our platform, we're all, all the communication we're talking about is digital communication um, happening within Nudge and Nudge Coach. So we have the ability to schedule messages in the future. When might that be appropriate? We have the ability to schedule repeat messages or reminders. So we need to talk about when that might be appropriate. And then we're going to probably really open it up and just yeah. start talking about some crazy theoretical I, I, stuff. But yeah. Let's I go. think what's so interesting is we, there's kind of, now there's kind of four different types of communication. I think anyone listening to this is going to, at first this may all sound really, really odd, but yeah, bear with me for a second, but you basically have four different types of communication. Now you've got kind of personal one-to-one -one communication, which from there, there's kind of, you know, kind of the definition of nudges that you all were talking mm -hmm. about last time. You've got group communication, which, you know, difference between a message you would do, send personally to someone versus that you would engage kind of a group of people at once. But now we're saying we've got the ability to schedule a message to one or multiple people and then now this reminder. So as you look at those and take a step back, you can see that there's clearly scenarios for this board. You shouldn't be trying to use all of those in the exact same way. That, that would not be appropriate. And that's back to the whole idea of, why is within the nudge system communication occurring in one way versus another? So it's, yeah, we can go a lot of different directions. But I think just touching on the importance in the, how you're engaging someone in the method you're using and making sure that's really alignment with, with the content you're trying to share. Yeah, yeah. So let's try to, I guess, power through, you know, some scenarios here and when you might want to schedule a message in advance. So if I can frame this from maybe a marketing perspective or from another perspective that you might be more familiar with, you can think about like social media platforms where you can schedule a bunch of stuff to happen in the future. Yeah. It's not the personal engagement that you would see uh, normally on or that you would hope for on social media, but it's a way to continue to get content out. Um, but within a system like ours, a direct communication system with a client, um, if you schedule something in advance, you actually have the ability to be pretty personal with right. that in advance. Um, and there are a couple different, I think, um, scenarios to highlight there just with an individual scheduled messages that might be appropriate. You may be working with a client who you're working through a specific program. And I'm not saying that every client is going to fit perfectly within yeah, any yeah. program, but what you can do is have, you know, weekly topics that are pre-programmed that you know of in advance. So I think, yeah, I think that's, maybe the, the clearest example in my mind is you yeah. have a person going through an eight week program and you don't want to send, you know, every week, yeah. sit down at that exact same time to try to set, yeah. you know, this is the content for the week or this is the, you know, yeah. the focal point. And think about that too. So thinking of you at work, you know, at, at let's say you get in at 8am and you want to 
send this when it's most convenient for your client to receive it. Well, maybe it's most convenient for them to engage in whatever content you're sharing or the individual messages that you're sending at 9 p.m. that night. And you should have that conversation yeah. with them. And that's how you can, you know, not only save time for yourself because you don't want to wait and sit by your computer until right. 9 p.m. Right. at night, right. uh, but also, you know, it's more convenient for for your client too because they're not, you know, receiving that message at 8 a.m. and hopefully remembering to go back to it and check out the content well, yeah. at 9 p.m. I that think night. that's the really, if we're looking at the importance of asynchronous communication and why it matters so much, especially kind of the trend you see in healthcare, it's, it's meeting the, you know, the consumer where they are, you know, your client mm-hmm. or your patient where they are. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I think that's a conversation that you touched on that isn't occurring enough is understanding when a person is more likely to engage. Mm-hmm. And to your point, now that we have scheduled messaging, you have that understanding of, okay, this is a person who, you know, has time to engage with me at certain hours of the day. You can start crafting those messages. I think the other example we heard recently that was so funny was, you know, knowing if, um, you know, like I said, back to kind of the idea of wanting to send a message to someone maybe early in the morning and not mm-hmm. wanting to actually wake up early in the morning to yep. send the message. It's, yep. you know, scheduling that other time. Yeah, so, so we, we actually know a few people with that are based here in the U.S. that might have clients in Australia, for example. Yeah, yeah. Really hard to communicate with them in the moment, um, but it's absolutely something you can pull off, and it can be based on pretty current information if you just want to schedule a message for right. several hours in the future so that it actually pops up after your client has already woken up. Yeah, yeah. What a novel idea. It's, I mean, it's as close as you can really conceivably get to real-time coaching right. from that distance in that scenario. So that's an interesting use. Um, we've got program-based scheduled messages. So we can check that one off the list, Mac. Um, do we want to jump straight into reminders and talk about a few of these, or do you want to go through some personal versus group stuff? Yeah, well, I think one, I think one thing to touch on, too, is like the really kind of making sure people understand the importance of like a, a personal message versus schedule, because like those are, mm-hmm. those, you, you would engage someone in two very different ways using that. So like yeah. there, I think it was Steve who had this kind of definition recently that a personal nudge needs to include both their why and something, um, some kind of personal regimen or reference from previous conversations. So if you're, if you're talking, you know, if if I'm having a touch point with you, you're, you're a client or you're a patient, not just saying go drink water (laughs) or or be more active. You know, it's something along the lines of saying, Hey, you know, you're, you know, referring, you know, referencing data and then referencing back like Mm -hmm. personal goals that you have. Keep in mind, the length of your message does not correlate to the value of your message. I I think if, if there's a way when you're uh, you know, when you're editing this podcast, Phil, if you can make some kind of sound effects, drums <laughs> and explosions, that's I think that's what needs to happen because really I think too often we see that sometimes a professional is trying to get into more of kind of this remote engagement strategy mm-hmm. and try, trying to really pursue that, yeah. and ultimately is trying to engage someone with a three thousand word yeah. dissertation, and it, yeah. it's just. Not, not going to happen. Not the way to engage someone. So keeping it brief, keeping it personal, and really relating back to that person's goal is going to be key. No, that's so true. And and so if you're really picturing this out there, and you know maybe social media is another useful example, or I'm just going to talk about social media all day apparently. But think about about the length of a tweet, or a little bit longer, one to three sentences. Keep it brief. Keep it actionable. So. Um, one of the rules that, again, we're totally stealing from what Dr. Steve shares with us here, but I think it's something along the lines of um, invoke thought or action. You know, so, you know, the, in marketing terms, I think the kind of original call to action is the question mark right, right, is, right. is one way to think about it. So when you're engaging someone directly, ask them a question, they have to do something about that yeah. in return. They're, they're, 
uh, response is, is expected yeah. in that, I think in that it, context. I think one thing I was referenced to, and I talked to people about kind of going digital or remote management, it's put yourself in, in the recipient shoes, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think we've all been there where you, you know, you get an email, you get a text message, you open it and it's incredibly long and you look and you just, you're exhausted just from reading it. And then there's, you realize there's seven different questions that I'm being asked at the same time. Yeah. And you say, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to this later. Yeah. I think that that goes against the whole idea of what engagement is and what you're trying to do. And then, you know, so I think ultimately the to your point, keeping it brief. And then I think as we look at this kind of, Considering all of, the, all, of, all of this aspect of communication is personal, kind of in its own bucket, and then as we kind of touched on earlier, very different than how maybe you would a scheduled message may feel a little bit different. There can be some overlap, I think, but it, it's ultimately I think better for I think the program based stuff fits fits very well in that. In yeah, that. yeah. Well, the program based, if you think about it, I mean, you could be scheduling something eight weeks from now, right? right? right. And it's going to be tough to be pretty like in context and personalized in yeah. that. You can, though, still refer back to a person's yeah, why yeah, for sure. in a personal scheduled message. But then we get into what do we do if we're scheduling messages in the future for a group? Well, then you have to be a yeah. little more broad with the it. Group communication in general is a different, different animal, of yeah. course. So, yeah. It's, yeah, so of course you're not going to be, you know, if you're talking to people in kind of that group setting, I think programming is certainly one aspect. I think, um, you know, messages of encouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, team reminders, but the you're certainly going to talk to someone a little bit differently. Yeah, exactly. Way. There's only so much you can do there, which is why it's something that should be used, you know, with with some care, um, and you know, not constantly yeah. for sure. Yeah. The group communication. With that said, you know, there is some context you can provide. Typically, if you can group people in a relevant way, for mm -hmm. example, by condition or goal. Um, so if they have a weight goal, then everyone in that um, group that you're speaking to at the same time, you can reference, you know, some kind of weight loss strategy um, or something you want to focus on that's really relevant to the why of the total group. But just knowing that you can't be perfect with it can keep you a little bit away from it. It's something you have to be careful about. And one, one thing to keep in mind too, as you were talking about is, and when we say group communication, I think that can actually mean two different things. And that can mm -hmm. either be, and I think our system may be a little unique in this aspect where, you know, communication or nudge always looks like a one-to-one -one message. So yep. even if, to your point, if, you know, if you're using the system and the system says, hey, these are the several people that maybe fall below a certain step threshold or something, Sending, I can send a message to those several people, but it's going to look like a one-to-one -one message. So yeah. thereby, it allows you to be a little bit more personalized, a little bit more, you know, or making it feel more personalized. It's not, hey, you three people, you know, buck up. And you know, <laughs> it's, it's actually, you can still try to pull it back to kind of high-level goals, even if it's going to, you know, be, be sent to multiple people at once. Yeah. Okay. So that's great. We've covered some program-based messaging. We've covered personal and group scheduled messaging. Um, these are all, again, just just tools in your quiver, really, yeah. the arrows in the quiver. Um, I guess going a little bit, almost, you could look at this as going down the, the chain, making it less, less and less personal, but there are some interesting things you can do here. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we call reminders, which is basically a repeating scheduled yeah. message, if you think about Speaking it. So. Which we should create a graphic, by the way, of kind of what you just said, kind of a spectrum of personalization. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, personal messages to, you know, reminders. Mac likes to throw this out that I should create graphics, graphics. live on, <laughs> on a podcast this so is, that I have to do it now. You don't understand, Phil. They're getting so much value out of this <laughs> Look for the downloadable yeah, yeah, yeah. graphic on. There's the most probably valuable <laughs> graphic ever sitting right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, <laughs> sorry about that, but. Yeah, the, well, I think, too, as we're, as we're looking at this, the, you know, as we're looking at kind of scheduled messaging and reminders, like I said, once again, th this is kind of an aspect that 
really understanding your client or patient, understanding when they want to be engaged, how they want to be engaged, I think is really critical. Because I know you've had some, you've talked about some really interesting use cases or I think pitfalls that come with reminders. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the one I brought up, we did a, a webinar announcing several different fe- features to our platform, several different tools that we were rolling out that, again, what we're talking mm-hmm. about today, we've been working on for God knows how long yeah. just to make sure we got them right. But um, when you're setting up a reminder, I mean, I think the most of you, your client is going to understand that this is a reminder and a repeating thing because they're seeing the same message basically every right, right, week. Right. So, don't try to fake it, I guess, would be the number one thing. Don't try to outwit your client and right. make it seem like it's because that's just going to turn them off. But at the same time, you know, you can do things to personalize these as well, especially on a one off reminder. I mean, as in a reminder to one specific client. I, I think um, the best example I heard was uh, there was someone we were working with, and I can't remember who it was, who said, you know, I've got, I'm so excited about this. I've got, I think it was a patient of theirs who they knew every night they had sometimes a second glass of wine at like 8.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'd love to just be able to set up a a reminder to go to that person every night at, you know, at at 8.30 p.m. and just say like, you know, hold hold back on a second. Just something that, to your point, it's it's not going to look personalized every time. It's something, you know, but ultimately if they sit down with that patient, they understand that is kind of the a weak point or a trouble point. Yeah, that's it's something they've discussed yeah, too. Yeah, so it's, it's on the table that it's right, going to be right. something that they're getting reminded about. And it can be personalized yeah. to the extent of being like, Hey Bill, remember what we talked about on the second glass of wine. So people think we're crazy by having a podcast episode about multiple methods of communication, but you got to realize there's so many pitfalls Yeah, and we're not saying, I think one thing that's so critical we're not trying to say use one and don't use the other. I think it's one of those things to your point, these are all kind of arrows in the quiver, Mm -hmm. but I think these all need to be used in complementary fashion where, you know, and we're, and we're certainly not saying don't be sending personalized messages that that is not what we're trying to do by creating scheduled messages. I think just the idea that some, some communication doesn't need to be quite as personalized as other methods. Right. Right. And definitely doesn't have to be delivered in the moment every single time. Um, So, you know, that, that's a great example. Um, the key, I think, yeah, and, and really is just opening up that dialogue with your clients and, and agreeing upon, hey, we're going to set yeah. up this reminder because of this behavior um, and because we're trying to get you to X goal. Um, so, again, that's a way to personalize a repeat, a, a repeat reminder that doesn't come off, you know, ungenuine right, or, right. or whatever. Um, we can also think about, you know, some more general reminders that might actually be useful and not annoying in this relevant, in this uh, uh, case is, for example, like a, a reminder to open up the week in a positive way. So something you send on Monday morning to, yeah, to yeah. clients every morning, just kind of framing or setting the environment for the week positively, right? That can actually be a pretty useful tool. Funny, funny you say that. I actually this morning set up a, a reminder message from my coach account to my client account on my iPad that I'm going to get every morning. Does it say Mac is awesome or what, what's it's going something on? Something about just try to be awesome. <laughs> something, something along those lines should just, you know. Hey, Mac, crush it. this is That's Mac. This You're going to crush it this week. <laughs> this, is, this is you from the future. The, um, but no, I, I think you're, you're, you're totally right around kind of where reminders can fit in. And I think there's, there's something to be said. So I think the value of communication, there's something about off-hour communication too that I think for some reason perceived value seems higher in mm-hmm. terms of I think about, you know, if you knew a client or patient was running a 5K on a Saturday morning. Yeah. 
to have like that little touch point with that individual, that little message just to be able to, to know, Hey, you know, good luck on that run this morning, yeah. whatever it is. That's like I said, off hours, they don't expect you to be at the office on your computer and to be able to have that touch point with them. I just, I feel like a lot of the kind of anecdotal stories we're hearing now have all been very, seems like that's where perceived value can yeah. really be kind of go above and beyond. And that's such an awesome, awesome example of a, of a single scheduled message. That's really powerful is like, you can set that for like eight thirteen, like yeah. ten minutes before the person's start time at a race, right. and they're like, "Holy smokes, did he get up on Saturday morning and send me this message?" And then one right after. I mean, it's with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's where, like I said, we we need to. Yeah, we we're definitely going to create a graphic on this because I think yep. there's ultimately, if you can figure out a way in which you're engaging one individual and kind of mapping out where each one of these methods really ties in, I think you start surrounding this person with this really, really powerful web of engagement. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think we just need to visualize it. So. Web of engagement. Web of engagement. Now it's giving me a hint for how to visualize it. It's because it's a Friday afternoon. This yeah. is when the good ideas come yeah. out. I already spilled a drink all over this desk a second ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, so I think these are just kind of a couple different, I think you take that example of the person working with someone who, you know, has an extra glass of wine at night and then you have, you know, kind of a one-off scenario of someone who's doing something on the weekend or I just think there's, you're, we're opening the door now to being able to engage people in such different ways that, that can really, you know, have that, like I said, increase the perceived value of that communication, mm -hmm, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and balancing, you know, these repeat actions with very personalized actions, yeah. it creates, you know, the real environment for a relationship and influence over a person engagement that is actually going to make a difference. And, I mean, dare we jump into this conceptual conversation we were ha having beforehand? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's it, it's kind of like how how do deep do we really, really want to go here? I think yeah. it's, this gets into the whole you know we're we're basically talking about how in most cases in kind of a healthcare setting, if you're trying to if anyone's a part of a program, in most cases they've generally been engaged in one kind of way. It's yeah. hey, this person is you know diabetic, so we're going to engage them with the you know, diabetes, the diabetes program. program. Yeah. yeah, and and what's what's so crazy to me is when you when you really look at if you're if you're kind of looking at that, it kind of looks like one kind of one just spectrum. You've got you know conditions laid out across the board horizontally. I think what we're really intrigued with is that concept. Well, realistically, you should be engaging everyone in that segment or in that slice differently based mm -hmm. on their readiness for change. And yep. this is where I wish Steve was here talking about yeah. the so, theoretical model of behavior change. I but. think we're going to call this basically a teaser for a future podcast because we need to dive in uh, with Steve or with right, right, right. one of the other guys that, you know, are, are clinicians that yeah. are more qualified than us who like to sit around in a room yeah. and pretend. But, it, but I think this goes back though to kind of what we're talking about here is if we're talking about, okay, you, you've got this almost matrix of how yeah. you would engage, you know, a population of people based on both, condition and readiness for change you're kind of mapping that out then it's almost like okay well then you know you would use these different types of communication in different ways based on their readiness for change because yep. you know if someone's not likely to be you know let's say even comfortable with technology at first and then you're having to kind of slow you know you, you may be doing things a little bit differently than someone who's maybe you know in their 20s or 30s and who's very tech savvy and who's actually like very you know open to the communication I, I yeah yeah no humans examples. humans are three-dimensional it's not yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah this isn't checkers um is so yeah i think getting into a future episode we're going to be talking about what the implications of this idea really are you know we've 
talked some with guys like Matt and Steve on, on again, episode 23, um, a few episodes ago, but the, the understanding that there's so much data at clinicians fingertips these days, and it's not really, you know, dissecting the data that makes them valuable clinicians so much anymore. It's having an understanding of the human behind the data that they're trying to treat and, and actually get change out of. Yeah, to well, I think change where healthcare's with. failed has been that data has not turned into a relevant touch point or communication right, 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 to right. the end patient or client. Right. And so I think that's where like you and I are kind of like, you know, constantly like, you know, mad scientists in the background trying mm-hmm. to figure out like, mm-hmm. how to fix that. But, yeah. And fit, so it's basically fitting this behavioral element, getting mm-hmm. clinicians even to acknowledge the behavioral element of the healthcare, uh, whatever word I'm looking for, the healthcare spectrum, the healthcare yeah, continuum. Yeah, continuum. Yeah, that's the one. Um, that's, that's, I think, where it's going from here. But I think, you know, we've covered several different types of communication today. It's ones that, you know, we don't usually get to talk about since yeah. now they're, um, you know, live in our system and something that we're getting questions from, you know, our customers about. So it's... But I think it's, it's good if we kind of take a step back, just like remembering that, you know, not, not all communication should be viewed the same. I think we've got, you know, as we talked about, you've got kind of the personalized messaging, you've got group messaging, you've got scheduled, and you've got reminders that can all be incredibly powerful. You know, errors in your quiver, don't try to use them all at once, you know, use them, you know, I think strategically and tactfully as you're Mm -hmm. engaging with someone understanding what fits that individual. But yeah, I think if I had one principle to be kind of like the, the bit of warning that I would give you to on that is, is that it's really easy to turn someone off with an irrelevant Mm -hmm. communication, much easier to do that than it is to, you know, put in all the work Mm -hmm. to build the trust up. But you know, I think those are the pitfalls of automation. Yeah, is what you're absolutely. There. Is yeah. The, you know, we've certainly heard horror stories of automated systems that, you know, you, you try to be too fancy and then mm-hmm. there's a hiccup and then the person gets 15 messages or realizes, hey, this is not actually the professional on the other end. And I think it's just making making sure that, you know, the, a scheduled message and automation are very different things. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's just being careful with that and to your point, kind of approaching it carefully and making sure you're, you're not trying to be too fancy, I think is a good way to put yep. it. Yep. Don't overdo it. With great power comes great responsibility, yep. like you said earlier. Well, I think this has been fun. Should we talk about anything else or are we going to get I out of the way? We, I think we covered it at this point. We covered it. So guys, that's a little rundown of, you know, our opinion on, on how we conceived of scheduled messages of how to use reminders appropriately. Um, you know, please take this information and use it wisely. Um, we're going to have a couple of downloadable documents, apparently, um, connected to this episode. So check those out, and we'll see you again next time on the next episode of the Scale Well Podcast. <laughs>